Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. Ready to rock and roll, hoochie-coo. Man, there's so much good music from like the 80s and 90s that you couldn't you couldn't say that shit today. Like you couldn't come up with a song <laughs> saying rock and roll, hoochie-coo. Oh man, it would never fly. So what the yeah. hell? What the, what you, what's been up? Last week we. We talked to Rosie. That was great. It was a great interview. I think that this one, yeah. will, this one will stand. We didn't talk about anything. We didn't talk about anything too extreme where we're going to have to pull it down. I think we got a couple more with her. So yeah, we didn't even get into the second. It. We didn't even get into the second freaking bullet point that we were going to try to hit. So yeah, second and third, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm dealing with the old, uh, old dudes injuries. I was just going to say we both sounded like old men this morning. You walked yeah. in and. You hurt your elbow, and this morning I went to itch my ear, and I had a freaking hair growing out of my ear. I'm like, am I this old already? Oh, I have really? like a giant hair growing out of my ear. What the fuck? <laughs> out of your ear? Out. Yeah, it's growing out of my ear. I grabbed it and pulled it. It's definitely attached inside my ear. Jeez. I'm like, how, am I that, that fucking old already? 
Now, I've had like the weird uh, one that shows up on the outside of the ear. I'm like, how the hell did that show up there? Just grab that sucker. Eh. And uh, I did a, I did a, excuse me, I did like a 60 day bulk where I put on a lot of strength. I went from like 315 on my bench to like 335, got my deadlift up to 535, um, improved my squat a lot. But man, I put on some weight. It was only like 15 pounds. But my fucking snoring, I'm like, like getting my ass kicked in the middle of the night by my wife because I'm waking her up. Oh, she's like, we're going to be that old couple that has to sleep in separate rooms. I was like, I'm going to sleep in a separate house before I sleep in a separate room. So Jeez. we better get this shit figured out. So now I got to cut, cut some snoring? of the fat back. Yeah, man. Wow. Usually that's when you're like getting really heavy. heavy yeah, I don't heavies. know. It could just be. Who knows? Who knows what it is? One of those contraptions. That, it's uh, not heavy. Oh, CPAP. I don't understand that at all. How it works? I don't understand that. It like pressurizes air in through your um, esophagus so that it, it pushes, pushes the yeah, it basically pushes down. the the tissue that starts to settle as your body relaxes. It pushes the tissue out of the way because why? What's the root cause? What's the root cause? I think it's I think it's probably just like biomechanics, just mechanics, right? So like as everything gets tighter because you 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 grow, everything grows thicker, right? So even whether it's muscle or it's fat everything grows thicker yeah. and then your airway gets smaller and your shit in there doesn't get any smaller, right? Like your fucking hangy fat bag in the back of your throat, that doesn't yeah. get any smaller and all the other shit doesn't get any smaller. So then that starts to get in the way and then you're sucking it in. It's like, you know, well, and that's due to what? I mean, everybody that I know is on the CPAP is a heavy. Oh yeah, for sure. It's because there's too much, there's too much in here, right? Like your, your neck gets bigger, but also everything inside gets gets tighter yeah 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 i don't know that's that's insane i mean i should I sh- you know what i should go back and i say i saw a little clip that you know what you can't keep using the i'm getting old for every issue that happens <laughs> and i'm like you know what i can't say that that's because, fair because uh you know in in the the football coaching arena right now it's like there's some guys that are in their 30s guys that are in their 40s and then there's the 50 year olds that I'm basically rolling with. That's your right? group. That's your crew. And I'm just looking. I'm like, dude. And then a lot of them are like, well, yeah, I would have mistaken you for maybe 40. I'm like, I guess, you know what? Working out is the fountain of youth. Good health and dieting is the fountain of youth. So if anybody's really looking for that. So in going to that, I'm like, well, my issues aren't because I'm getting old. My issues popped up because of overtraining, you know, and I'll say this. I mean, I have right now a pretty good strain on my right elbow on the tendons there because I just decided to, I had a heavy leg day. You were gone. So Todd was pulling the sled that morning. Oh yeah. Friday morning. And I was like, well, when I get done, you know what? I'm going to pull the sled consecutively. Usually I'll go back later and just do the sled and some accessories. I'm like, you know what? I got heavy squats. I'll do that. I did heavy lunges, did that. And then boom, I'll roll right into the sled. And it felt good for a while. I'm like, you know what? I might as well just throw supersets some uh, pull-ups in there. So I get the number 52 because I was thinking in my head, it's like Rashawn Gary, number 52, the Packers, of course. And all of a sudden, boom, I feel this like just burning in my arm. That hot, that hot yeah. feeling that kind of sends that little bit of a shock instinct to your brain. And you're like, ooh. Ooh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it just tightened up just like that. I'm like, oh, okay. That's that's a red flag. Got to stop. So, so yeah. So I've been nursing it for a couple of days, but I still went in yesterday. Lifted, 
I was still able to do shoulders where I'm pressing like 95 pounds, but just to keep the motion, did a lot of laterals on the machine. So it's, you know, for you guys out there, I had that mentality yesterday morning of like, you know what, I should just take a few days off. Then I'm like sitting there just feeling like, man, I got to get in and do something. Well, you just got to fucking your elbows hurt. The rest of your body isn't hurt. I know. So I went in, I did abs, I did more leg accessories. And I'm like, you know, I can do laterals. God forbid you do some cardio. Well, okay. I, 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 su- I supersetted <laughs> shrugs and rear delts. Does that work? No. Shrugs and rear, del- rear delts really fast. I did high reps of shrugs. Talk about a dude that does not let age stop him. Todd is a fucking animal. Yeah. Dude's in like a 900 calorie deficit. I'm 235 pounds, and he's pulling the same amount of weight on the sled for the same distance as I am. Yeah, he said he's dropped uh, 19 pounds. He's got about, what, six or seven to go yet? Yeah. So, so yeah, it's and he's older than I am. Yeah. So. But I, t- I took him up on the sprint bike last week. Did he tell you that? Yeah, he said he's been on the sprint bike, too. So Yeah, ran the, ran the sprint eight. If, you, if any of you guys have never done a sprint eight, holy shit, you want to meet Jesus. That's the way to meet Jesus. It's uh, You get a little bit of a warm-up. And then it's 30 seconds on as absolute hard as you can go. And if you're on the right bike, these bikes that we use, they actually adjust the resistance for you. So you, so you don't get to cheat. It automatically sets the resistance for your sprint. Yeah. You go 30 seconds as hard as you can. And then you get a minute and a half break for eight rounds. So for the first few rounds, you're like, whew, you know, I'm getting wiped. But then all of a sudden that minute and a half is just not enough to catch your breath. And by like the sixth or seventh round, you are legitimately going into a full sprint, still breathing like a motherfucker. And oh, at the yeah. end, you're just like, you're basically going to just lay on the floor. <laughs> but you're breathing out of your nose man oh my god you you're breathing out of every fucking hole you can if you could breathe out of your ears you would well on one of those yeah and that just goes to show i mean there's a lot of guys that are gym that are in their 50s you know not just me and it's just like man the fountain of youth is there because when i look at them it's like wow you know they do look younger they do act younger i mean it's it affects everything your body structure how you stand up how you walk how you move and how you get around. And I don't know what, <clears throat> one of the things I was talking about is I get like three different feeds in my videos this week. And I don't know if it's because of stuff we talk about. Like one of the feeds we get uh, that I get a lot in this past week was guys that have gotten uh, sober or shouldn't just say sober, just completely took alcohol out of their system. One dude, there was a video, he went a thousand days without alcohol. And then he listed out all the things that he was able to do. You know, besides just, you know, well, saved a ton of money on it, blah, 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 blah. He said he's more focused, sleeps better at night, um, was able to start three businesses, you know, buy three vacation properties and just all these success stories. And even just the small ones where, you know, guys stopped drinking. And in the first three to six months, they felt all they slept better was a, was the common theme. Right. And they were more focused and they had more time. And um the, the other one that kind of crossed over is there's this dude that's online that he must have been online for a while that um, sets up a green screen on himself and does Zoom calls while he's like doing the craziest ass things. Like, oh, I don't think I've seen that. You never seen this? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> so literally he's got a rig that he rigs his laptop to, right? It's got the camera and he's got a big furry mic on top. And around his waist is this contraption this frame that holds up a green screen behind him okay and he's doing the weirdest shit and i'm like okay these zoom calls got to be set up and they're not and it's like you know this dude's like 
hey, Frankie, do you got the, you know, quarter three results? And he's riding his bike while he's on the green screen. <laughs> it's like, ah. Uh, and, and the brakes give out on the bike. So all of a sudden, it's like, my brakes. And you see him all of a sudden, and it cuts to the avatar. And, and and he's done it, like, at the Baltimore Ravens game. He's like, brings this rig in, and he's, like, eating a hot dog. And he looks like he's in a Zoom meeting. That's awesome. But he's sit, standing there watching the game with his green screen. Or he's riding a motocross bike, and he takes and he jumps a ramp with it. So you see this guy, he's riding it, and he's in this Zoom meeting. I also see his facial expressions and head bobbing. <laughs> and then the last one, I think he only had a couple guys that are on there, so it must have been a shorter meeting. But he, he went down a water slide with the whole rig. With the whole rig on? And you just see him, like, all of oh a sudden, at, at the end, you see the whole thing cut out, just black <laughs> For out. sure. But, um, but this guy also, I'm like, this guy's nuts. He's, he's viral. And he goes back to his, like, there's one video where it shows him uh, before, you know, he's got this long hair, he's out of shape, and he's drinking. He's like, yeah, look at me. That's when I was just goofing around and drinking whatnot. But here's me after when I stopped drinking and, you know, started working on this dude's, like, Jack. Yeah. And uh, and started making all these crazy videos. And my life turned around. So that's just been this week of just videos in my feed and i'll say what do they what do they call it a confirmation bias right that's when you like buy it you buy a car and then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere right that's confirmation bias i think that's 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 the definition for that it might be some sort of you know another word but we did a few podcasts about that right the negative effects of drinking one of the biggest things is you can't get into a deep sleep can't get into a deep restorative sleep well so i knew that right and it's whether whether i think of it or not it's in my it's in my subconscious brain yeah so we're up in green bay Thursday night for uh for a kickoff meeting for a new brand and I drank not a lot three drinks I think total for the evening um but more I haven't had three drinks in the last three months so it was you know way more um and I slept I could I slept for two and two hour, two and a half hours and it was the shittiest sleep I've ever gotten like I felt like I closed my eyes and then I and I opened them up again and it'd be thirty minutes later and that was it. That was like yeah. the, that. Was, so it definitely was not going into any sort of deep sleep. It was just like the shitty sleep. And then all of a sudden it was, you know, four in the morning and I was wide awake and I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to drive home now because I can get to work because I'm not. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit here and stare at the fucking ceiling. And it ruined the whole day. You know, like I got everything done. I needed to get done for the day, but I was in shit form. There's three drinks. Oh, you know, well, yeah, we talked about even the one drink a night. Yeah. You know, that schedule screws everybody up, but everybody needs that little uh, nightcap. Yeah. To quote what? Relax, get, right? get rid of the day right get rid of this to forget the stressors of the day yeah exactly but if, if you guys want to check this uh this crazy ass dude out his name is frankie lapena frankie lapena sounds good um so i had a i had a creative idea for this week's podcast and uh the one thing that that kind of to, to introduce it is is the uh henry ford quote whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're correct, right? And you just take a second. If you and if you just think about that quote, man, like that quote is is extremely powerful and extremely accurate. And so I wanted to talk about kind of the attitude for excellence and what what the attitude or you know, for the lack of a better word, we we'll use mindset. Even though we've done you know 15 million mind, mindset podcasts, but really it's kind of the overall the overall personality traits and the overall attitude traits of of a, a person pursuing excellence. You know, and I kind of broke it down into into different traits. So those traits include positivity, confidence, 
put competitiveness with a question mark and I didn't go deeper into that because I wasn't quite sure that I agreed that that was part of it. Um, living purposefully, caring, being respectful, being disciplined and living with integrity. And then I, you know, I just kind of want to break these down as we kind of go through conversationally. But one thing that I came across while I was doing a bunch of this research was this, this Harvard gifted child study. And this study will absolutely blow your mind. This Harvard educational psychologist goes into this school, elementary school, and he says, we've come up with this new way to basically judge a child's ability, not necessarily their intelligence, but their ability, right? Their ability to perform, their ability to learn, their ability to grow. And he put some dumbass name on it, the Harvard, you know, gifted ability test 107, whatever, whatever it was. And he, and he, and he went to the school and said, we want to administer this, this test, to all your students before the beginning of the school year, school board says, yeah, definitely for sure. And so they administer this test. Well, they administer this test. They do all the ratings, all the gradings, and then they come back and they don't tell the students who performed well, but they tell the teacher. They, they give the names of the 20% of students that have the ability to, to basically outperform or to be gifted, right? You know, that was the word yeah. they always used while I was in school is gifted, gifted, you know? Yeah. And so they give the names of these 20% of these kids to these teachers. And they say, even if they generally haven't performed amazingly in the past, they're in a certain point in their development. Our, our test shows, our studies show like they're, they're primed and they're ready to grow. And these are the kids that, that are going to you know, outperform. And then they just went away for a year. They come back and they start to, they re-implement this test. Well, what this test, what this test really was was an actual IQ test, but a child rated IQ test it had nothing to do with their abilities. It had nothing to do with their intelligence. And they came back and sure enough, those 20% of kids, um, average first grader grew seven IQ points. Those kids grew like 24. The average second grader grew nine. Those kids grew 14, 14 IQ points. So those kids that those 20% of kids that they identified definitely drastically outperformed the average, right? Well, the shit here is, those 20% of kids that was chosen by random had nothing to do with test scores. It was literally just hmm. randomly chosen. So what they did, what happened was is just by priming these teachers that these kids were, were gifted or, or, or primed to grow or primed to, to, to basically perform these teachers gave these kids more challenging work. They held them more accountable. They helped them more. They gave them more attention. These teachers, before they ever knew about what this study actually was, said that this was, you know, this was their their most uh, their most enjoyable year teaching ever. Right. So like they had this they, they were they were invested in these 20 percent of kids and just that investment. Turned out to actually improve the kids that much more than the average. But the kids were uh, the kids were no different by based on challenging them more. Based on so many different things, right? There's probably 20 different, 30 different things that ended up happening over the period of a year where if a kid didn't get something and they normally would have been like, okay, well, let's move on. Maybe they like stuck with them more or challenged them more, held them more accountable, gave them harder work, whatever it was, all these different, all these different angles and all these different aspects ended up making taught. Yeah. And so that's where the idea for this attitude for excellence came from is, is just listening to that study because 
that is such a non-internal, non-thought-provoking thing. Like you would never think that just the difference in thinking that a kid is going to perform would actually make them overperform. So like by having these different traits and perfecting these different traits, what could we, what could we actually do? How fucking awesome could we actually be as a human being? Right? Because that's, that's what, that's what this is about. And before we get into like the individual traits, I want to compare it to like a soup or a gumbo, right? Like when you're making a soup, the salt has a lot to do with it, right? The protein has a lot to do with it. The oregano, the thyme, the spices, the broth, like all the, the heat, the amount of time that you cook it, these all have a lot to do with it. But just one, you can't overdo one or the balance is fucked, right? right. You can't just, oh, salt makes this soup great. I'm going to put a ton of salt in it. Yeah. And all of the things work together in this harmony, in this synergistic way to actually produce this amazing food. And it's the same way with all these traits. Like as I'm breaking these traits down, as I'm doing my research and putting these notes together, it's funny because in a lot of the traits, you'll have something like positivity increases self-confidence. Well, those are two different traits, but they play off of each other, right? And you have all these different synergistic effects where improving one improves the other. Yeah. It's, well, it's, I think we mentioned it even once before. I mean, it's uh, the recipe for life. I mean, I know a lot of people that will get too wrapped up into one portion of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not self-evaluation, but uh, self-improvement. We always see somebody always focused on one side. It's either somebody's always 100% vested in the physical, but doesn't do anything with the mental. Or, you know, it goes back to squared away, right? People that are only involved maybe... 100% on the spiritual, but nothing on the physical, which a lot of pastors can really tell. But that's no joke. Side point. That's no joke. Yeah, there's some really round roly polies. I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> you also, I mean, you're representing biblically, you're, you're supposed to be, this is your meat wagon. This is what you're going to be um, given to and being accountable. And how would you take care of it? And how would you invest in it? It's Do a you parable think of the talent. Do you think being 100% convinced in eternal life has anything to do with the lack of respect for the meat wagon? Well, if you're 100% vested into eternal life, then you're 100% vested in reading the word. If you're 100% vested in reading the word, you'll notice from front to back that there's always talk about good diet, taking care of yourself, and... Basically, ultimately, the verse says, you know, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. If you destroy it, I'll destroy you. So basically, when you're when it's all said and done, what you're learning about forgiveness is you're for you're, when you're standing before God, you're not standing for him, giving account of every bad thing that you did because you're forgiven of that. But the parable of the talents that I think you guys did that in a study. Yeah, I don't right? know. So the parable of the talents talks about. We talked about before the three guys. One guy's yeah. given ten talents. One's given five. One's given one. Guy that gets ten, you know, invests and gets ten back. Guy of five gets five back. I could be screwing the numbers up. Yeah, five, whatever. Three and one. It's all. It's about how you how you deal with what you have. Yeah. The, the how guy, you play the hand that you you've been dealt. Yeah. The guy with the one buries the one and doesn't you know produce anything out of it. Well, what you're given, which is what's obvious, everybody's given 
their temple, their body. And that by that body is how you get around. It's how anything happens, right? It's how you, if you're in ministry, it's how you are, or if you're a missionary, it's how you get there. It's how you bring the word. That's how you interact with people. But, and that's, you're also an example of how you take care of your body. So if you treat it like shit and you're just 360 pound unhealthy CPAP, you know, wearing, you know, dude standing in front of the pulpit, trying to instruct everybody else on how to live. That's why you're not going to get a lot of serious. People aren't going to take you seriously. So, so yeah, if, if you're really set on eternal life and you're really holistic about the whole recipe of Christianity, then guess what? Then you should be taking care of yourself. Oh, I agree. I just feel like there's something there. There's, there's a reason there that a lot of them do ignore yeah. the, the physical, and right? And like, that's where I get into the being squared away. There's a lot of people out there that uh, you're seeing on your side with your daughter being in private school that, yeah, guess what? We're fully vested in the spiritual side. But a lot of times those people are, it's part of that, you know, I hate to bring this up. Got to do it for you anyway. It's part of that tribal mentality, right? It's a CrossFit. There's some people that are so, when they get in CrossFit, they're 100% vested in the CrossFit. And I've seen it in bodybuilding too. And we know some people. They're so vested into bodybuilding that their diet looks like complete shit. So yeah, they could be dieting and shredding for a contest, but the, the nutritional, the health value of what they're eating and their diet is destroying them slowly. So you got to have that holistic, that, that balance between all four. So just like you're saying here. Yeah. And that's, that, that was, that was my point here with this is like, it's amazing as you start to dig into, to something like this, the interconnectivity and the interlinking and the basically homogenization of all of these improvement, improving all these traits, helping one helps another and working on one helps another and working on all of them equally. What are they, what is the, the sum of its parts? What is that saying? The, the, the sum of the no, parts are greater that. than the whatever. Greater than the uh, individual components. Somehow. Yes. Yes. That's, I don't know how the fucking, I don't know how the fuck the saying goes, but it's basically saying that, you know, if you have, if you have th- three parts to a motor, they're just three weights, three fucking yeah. paperweights. Whereas if you put them together and you make them work as a motor, that's worth way more than three individual parts. And that's, yeah. that's the idea here with these traits is like the sum of these parts, the sum of these traits. Yeah. I mean, it's self-control and pride. It's not a skill. I mean, your body is like a motor. A motor is a, you know, a vacuum box. So your oil pressure needs to be right kind of in the middle not one extreme or the other. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen. Well, self-control, self-control goes back to that spirituality is like, all right, if, if I'm a pastor standing in front of you telling you how to live and I'm 360 some pounds shoving down donuts every day and I'm trying to tell you about self-control, well, guess what? I'm not really going to take you seriously. It's not just a pastor, it's a doctor too. Yeah. If you're a shitty ass doctor and you look like you're out of shape and you're smoking you know, outside which I see a lot of doctors, which I don't know why. A lot of stress, a lot of health professionals it's stress are always outside smoking. Yeah. yeah, it's stress. That's how they learn to deal with stress. You know, it's, it's damaging, but it's like, fuck, I think stress kills you faster than smoking does. There's a lot of other better stress. Oh, I agree a hundred percent, but it doesn't mean that they're, that they're going to learn that, you know, they're doctors, they're paid professionals. There's a lot of doctors that do a lot of surgeries and give a lot of drugs that they would not take themselves. 
Very true. You know? I'm saying so how, that as the antagonist, Paul. Uh-huh. So how powerful is attitude? How powerful is attitude? Here's an, here's, a, here's an example of how powerful your attitude is. So this is a true story. I don't have the exact details. I couldn't, I didn't actually spend the time to look it up, but I remember it from um, one of the books that I read. So kids going to MIT, 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 right? So Massachusetts Institute of Technology, really smart kids go to MIT. So kids going to MIT, MIT, and he's in, I am stuck on MATC. That's our local technical college. Um, And so he's in a theoretical formula class, right? He's in this mathematical formula class. And uh, he almost misses an entire class. Whatever happened, he was late. And he walked in just as they were getting dismissed. And he looks up at the board and there's a formula written across the board. And this is a, it's like a Friday before a week break, whatever Thanksgiving break or whatever it was. So he scribbles this formula down really quick in his notebook. Goes home, works on it, works on it, works on it. Comes back, turns it in Monday. Professor's like, what's this? Look, that's the homework from two Fridays ago. Homework. And he starts looking at it. So what it was is this was an unsolved mathematical theory that was that had been troubling mathematicians for years. And this kid, because he thought it was his homework, he's like, it was hard, but he solved it. So just the attitude of not knowing that this thing is like troubled mathematicians forever. He really like he thought this was homework and he's like, wow, this is really hard homework. But he but he but he kept his mind to it and he stayed on task and he solved this unsolved mathematical theory. Yeah, that's how powerful attitude is. It goes back to the the 40 percent rule that we talked about, you know, episodes and episodes back. Uh, If you if you don't know the 40 percent rule, uh, look at just Google it. You're going to see it. It's uh, a lot of people quit. When they quit, they're only at about 40 percent of their capacity. And. It's, you know, uh, you know, I've gone through a lot of things and trainings in life where, yeah, you feel like you're going to quit. Like that four tenths of a mile where you're trying to get your breathing down when you're running, but you know a lot of times it's just telling yourself, um, okay, you can quit tomorrow, or you can quit in two reps. You know I do that a lot in the gym. It's like ah shit, I don't want to do twenty reps of this. Well, how about okay, I'll focus on the first ten, and when I get to that ten, I'm like okay, focus on the next five, and when I get done with that twenty, I was like oh, maybe I'll do a couple of you know bonus ones here. Like that's a, where I go. I go with the bonus ones. And that's from that's from Goggins book. 10% more, 20% more. And yeah. I wrote an I wrote an article for um Dustin's gonna do a newsletter here pretty soon. And so I wrote I wrote an article for that about like why? Why push yourself? Why find that dark spot? Right? Yeah. Why why when you're in that dark place do you push a little bit longer? And it's all about creating that extra um self-confidence in yourself. Well, if I can do 10 and I push to 12. Maybe next time I push to 14 and then the next time I push to 18 and then all of a sudden a year from now, I'm a totally different person. Yeah. And that helps in the gym. That helps in reading. That helps in sticking to your work. That helps in everything. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes you're going to, you know, get an injury like a dumbass like me, but that's where where it comes to find where your, you know, where your balance is. Yeah, it happens. So you're, you're a programmer. Do you know this guy go, you know, the term guy go garbage in garbage out. Yep. So this is under my first trait, which is positivity. So garbage in garbage out. Like if you eat right, if you, if you eat like shit, you're going to turn into shit. Yeah. If you type shitty programming language, your program is going to be shit. 
If you hang around with shitty people, your attitude is going to be shit. If you consume shitty media or consume shitty books or shitty videos or whatever your consumption traits are, you're going to turn into shit, right? It's the average of the five closest, you know, most influential things around you. Like we talk yeah. about all the time. And, but this also works for good in and good out. So if you, if you're surrounding yourself with good, positive people and you're consuming good, positive podcasts, good, positive audio programs, good, positive books, good, positive documentaries, and all of this stuff in your life that you've, you have thoughtfully organized so that you have positivity, just reaffirming positive positivity, reaffirming positivity. That is going to push you to be more positive because you are going to be dyed by the color that surrounds you. And that's the first step to the positivity. Dyed by the color. Dyed by the color. I did. I just made it up right now while I was talking. Wow. That's that's positive right there. Wow. You probably didn't drink last night then. No, definitely not. (laughs) Definitely not. So why? Why be positive? Well. Science shows that positive positivity, people with positive attitudes have an increased lifespan, lower rates of depression, lower levels of distress and pain, greater resistance to illness, better psychological, 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 thank you, and physical well-being, better cardiovascular health, reduced risk of death from cardiovascular disease and stroke, reduced risk of death from cancer, reduced risk of death from respiratory convictions, conditions, reduced risk of death from infections and better coping skills during hardships and times of stress. That's a pretty big fucking list on why to be positive. Oh, yeah. Pretty impressive. Yeah. And if if you don't believe that, uh, you know, for for those of you actually go to the gym, you ever psych yourself completely out of lifting a certain weight? Oh, yeah. hundred percent. And then all of a sudden, if if you can positively charge yourself, do that weight all of a sudden, it was like, wow, that wasn't that hard. It's just like learning a skill, right? So have you ever read the, uh, have you ever read the, the bicep, bicep studies, right? So they did, they had separated three groups. One group did bicep. So they tested everybody for bicep strength, bicep activation, bicep size. Okay. One group for a period of six to 12 weeks. I don't remember what it was actually did bicep work, bicep curls, pull up, stuff like that. Right. So they did bicep work. The second group did nothing. That's your control group. The third group sat for 25 minutes a day and thought about doing bicep work. They yeah, just thought about this it. one. Yeah. Thought about it. They didn't do any extra bicep work. They thought about it. They actually sat down and thought about, okay, doing a curl. They actually did a curl in their head. They did 25 minutes of this a day. Right. So clearly group one does the work, grows their bicep, grows their strength, all this shit. Right. That's simple. We, we know how that works. Yeah. Group two, nothing, no change. Group three actually had a significant change in the size and strength of their bicep. This is the neuronal connections. You're actually your brain. Your brain doesn't know the difference necessarily between you doing the work and you doing the work in your mind. So like Michael Phelps would use this. He would he would visualize every lap. He would also swim a lot. Right. But he would visualize every lap. He would visualize the win. He would visualize the time. That he was going to do it in. He was visualize all of this stuff. You're actually yeah, you're not talking about conditioning your brain. Group three didn't actually get like major gains. Significant, significant gains. I don't know about major gains. I, I just by thinking about it. Yes, this sets a dangerous precedent. Yes, just by thinking, are just going to be like, well, I'm just going to sit and think about working out. If 
if they don't have the self-control to actually get up and go work out, do they have the self-control to sit on their couch and actually think through reps of workouts? No, they don't. It's yeah, it's a good point. Right. They don't. It's just like everything else. They'll say they're going to and then they're not going to. Right. Or they'll get distracted. Yeah. So your brain is a vacuum. That's why we talk about this surrounding yourself as garbage in, garbage out idea. Your brain is a vacuum. Try to try to just keep an empty brain, just a completely empty brain, white picture, not think of anything. You can do it for about 10 seconds. That's it. Otherwise, your brain is going to get filled. The idea of a vacuum, right? If you don't, if you guys don't understand what a vacuum is, a vacuum is there's nothing inside a bag or nothing inside a let's let's think of like a, um, a, a, a two liter bottle. If you suck everything out of that two liter bottle, it wants to go back to its original form. So that's a vacuum. If you take the cap off, it's going to suck all the air back in or it'll suck the water in or whatever you have it in. Yeah. It'll suck in to go back. That's a vacuum. That's what your brain is. So if you're not consciously filling it with positivity, it's going to go back to a, a, a zero base of where it was at. And it's going to fill with negative self-concerned, like all these other thoughts. So if you are, how do you fill it with that conscious, positive self-talk, right? And we got to go back to meditation, which we go back to a lot. But this mindfulness meditation creates that gap. It creates that awareness of your self-talk. Because if you're just constantly in a negative self-talk and you're not aware of it, how are you going to actually change that negative self-talk to positive self-talk? So just a simple mindfulness practice trains your brain to be aware of that negative talk. So when you're in the middle of it, you can be, oh shit, I'm saying some negative shit to myself right now. Yeah. Right? And then you can change it. You but if you're not aware of it, you can't change it. Yeah, you got to honest self-awareness to be able uh, to do that. Yes. Which comes hard for a lot of people. Honest self-awareness. There is no, this is one of those, it's a practice, not a perfection, right? Right. And None of us are perfect at it, but some of us are better than we used to be. But the more you do it, yep. the better you get at it. Yep. Um, being healthy increases your positivity. Being humorous, being able to laugh at yourself, being able to take a, you know, something that maybe wasn't the easiest to deal with and actually see the yeah. silver lining in it, right? Like, or, you know, even being able to joke around in tough times, like, uh, you know, in a firefight best thing you can do in a firefight is you know what you joke around you laugh. yeah yeah for real all stressful times right humor is a such a huge um coping mechanism for us as human beings yeah but if you're if you're if you're not able to do it you're not getting the improvement yeah um i mean that that pretty much covers the positivity angle do you have anything else on positivity no uh, it goes back to Really what we keep hitting on is what you surround yourself with, you know, on the programmer side is it's I slash O input, output, whatever you get in, you get out. Like you said, you know, if you're eating fat, greasy food, you're going to be a fat, greasy dude. So garbage in, garbage out in your foot. I like that rhyme. I know I've used it before. I know you have. I like it. (laughs) I I still like it just as much as the first time I heard it. Yeah, but it's uh. You know, but what what do you put in your mind? But I really want to stress, like you talked about, is there's got to be a balance. I just run into too many people that they'll latch on to something, and that's everything. That's that's their life, and it, it goes back to I hate say, the CrossFit thing. You know, some of these CrossFitters, it's just it's CrossFit or nothing. It's like okay, well, okay, there's other people here, 
there's other things, other interests, you know, what, what are your goals in life? What's, what about your career? You know, what do you want to do? My brother actually called me because he had to drop some uh, portable toilets off for a CrossFit event. And yeah. it was like 1030 on like a Wednesday. And he's like, do these people have fucking jobs? Oh. <laughs> like, there's seriously like 40 people in the CrossFit box working out. Like, don't you have a fucking job? Yeah, there's, there's got to be a balance. <laughs> and like CrossFitters that I follow, I mean, they, they have a life. There, there's other things that go on in their life that, you know, makes it interesting. And this is just the, a part that they excel at. You just like that one thick ass blonde. <laughs> Spiegel? Yeah. Jeez. Well, her boyfriend is a, is a CrossFitter, but she's like twice the size of him. I can, and, I know, can imagine so many things with that statement right there. <laughs> but, but she was doing, okay, so I'm like, okay, I, I feel like complete, you know, shit. Uh, I think I was telling somebody too, it was like, okay, she was showing she was doing 235 on lunges. Super set with, uh, I forgot what she was doing, burpees or goes to bar. And whatever the workout a day was, she's doing 235, six by six. I'm like, I put 225 on that thing. And I'm like a deer. I'm shaking 100% after like three reps. But we can't compare ourselves to others. We can only compare ourselves to us yesterday. Yeah. I'm comparing myself to the CrossFit blonde. (laughs) It's like smoking my ass. I could do some stuff to the CrossFit blonde, but it's not comparing myself to her. (laughs) Um, moving on self-confidence, which we did a whole podcast on, but a confident individual is in pursuit of excellence. And what is confidence? I guess we just start by like the definition of confidence, right? A feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities, and judgment. And this is the, my number one most absolute statement when it comes to confidence. How do I grow confidence? How do I build confidence? How do I be more self-confident? I want to be more self-confident. How do I do confidence? comes from competence become more grow improve learn the definition of confidence is trust in one's abilities qualities and judgment do you trust your abilities qualities and judgment because otherwise if you don't then you don't just get to magically make confidence because that is not confidence that's arrogance yeah that's false confidence yeah which is Crazy. I mean, this is what my son and I, you know, went through last night because we were going over a Bible verse that talks about, uh, you know, talks about being proud versus being humble. And you can tell the people that are, that have confidence and their confidence comes from exactly what you said, being competent at something. But when you're competent at something, guess what? Other people are your cheerleaders. Other people are saying that, hey, well, look at that dude. That dude's confident because he's really good at this stuff but if you see somebody and here's a red flag right here somebody that has to like we're looking at the verse last night with my son is somebody has to boast boast about that oh i have these skills and that skills and they haven't shown any confidence obviously no then that's arrogance or they could be good at something but they're too busy you know boasting about everybody else or posting it on social media yeah that's a weird thing right when you when you're telling people that you're good at something it's such an odd like yeah, why do you have to do that? I think that's why so many people go the coaching angle, because when you are coaching, it is so there's 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 a few different ways for people to see if you're good at something. Right. They can see you in action. But as far as social media goes, like that's really difficult. You know, that's that's difficult to do because you literally have to have somebody that's v- documenting your life and then cutting out the parts that show that you're good at whatever you want to be you know, known for. Right. And that's really unlikely. 
or you can boast about it. Okay. Yeah. That's false confidence. You might really be good at it, but it just doesn't come off right. Right. It comes off in this weird fucking arrogant way or there's coaching and coaching is this weird. Like it's this weird, like slides through the fucking, you know, the big walls of, of confidence because when you're coaching something, you're showing that you're good at it, but you're showing that you're good at it in a way that's helping other people become good at it. Yeah. So it's like this weird, like it gets through, it gets through the weeds. And I think that's why there's so many people that are, you know, a coach for this coach for that coach for this online, especially because it's, it, it, it is, it's, it's kind of the only moderately healthy way for a single individual to show that they're, you know, competent yeah. in something. And being in the coaching circle right now is there, there are coaches that just do it because of arrogance. There are coaches that are out there just because it's a, you know, a title position of, you know, maybe they think it's power. I don't think so at all, but there are like, like my love for coaching is to be able to coach kids or adults that want to be coached. I think that's where I have a hard time where when my kids are growing up and they're like super young, you're basically just babysitting the beehive, right? Yeah. Whatever sport they play, you're just harnessing that energy and hoping that they don't kill each other. But as they get older, you know, I find, I mean, I'm pretty resistant to coaching because I just like to sit back and enjoy watching my kid play. But it's hard when you're seeing kids struggle with fundamentals. And I like getting in there and teaching them that, hey, you know what? If you just work on these fundamentals, I know it's not enjoyable, but it'll make you athletic for any sport, not just football, right? It's the Tony Dungy servitude, right? Like that, that, that servitude, that serving the human race, serving someone else. It's, it's that, that's, that's my attraction to coaching. Like you want to see me light up, watch somebody come and ask me about like nutrition or somebody come and ask me about, you know, I'm going to read, you know, I'm going to read a few books this month. What should I read? Oh my God. I won't shut the fuck up. Yeah, You know, and I love that. I, that is like, that makes me fucking glow. That, that revitalizes me. It energizes me when somebody's just like, Hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. It's just, it's serving. It's helping. Yeah. And it, it's tough. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, this is, you know, six to eight hours out of the week during the week working with these kids, but I'll tell you what was the most fulfilling because the season just ended on Saturday. And when you sit back and reflect, as to you take a group of these kids, like I worked a lot with the kids that struggled because they really needed the one-on-one and really needed to understand the game. But all of a sudden you, you sit back and you look at day one, where they were, and even how their, how their bodies were shaped, how their attitudes were. And then you look at mid-year and you're like, wow, you know what? They really started making a, improvements. And all of a sudden you look at the end of the year and they're a player. Also like, wow, you know what? All that time that you know i complain sometimes i'm like ah shit i got a meeting here and my whole day is stacked and i gotta shove another two and a half hours of practice in here yeah but also at the end of the year it makes it all worth it yeah so yeah. ah fuck where were we confidence. confidence being aware of your weaknesses people don't think about that as part of confidence but is legitimately understanding your weaknesses it really does help improve confidence yeah because you're not you're not propping up weaknesses, right? You're not ignoring weaknesses. You're like, oh fuck, this is my weakness. I can work on it, but I know it's here. Yeah. You know? Um, oh, not comparing yourself to others, Martin. Even if they're gorgeous, thick little blondes that can lunge 265 <laughs> pounds. 
and eat crumble cookies like it's going out of style. Uh, I'm not comparing. Just saying. Oh, you compared, but it's cool. We'll let it go this time. Oh, weird. Here it is again. Surround yourself with positive people. This is that kind of synergistic effect I was talking about. Take care of your meat wagon. The confidence that comes along with being healthy is second to none. Yeah, but it's so sorely needed. So sorely needed. You think that the ratio of just unhealthy people have just gone up since uh, the whole COVID lockdown? Because a lot of people that we know look completely different. What's the healthiest country in the world? What do you think? I'm sure that there's a fucking Google thing on this, but I just want to know what the healthiest country in the world is. And then I want to come up with a plan to move there and take it over. I thought it was Italy. Really? The reason I think that is because uh, I should look this up, but because when that was brought up, I was like, how could they be? Because everything's carbs. Everything's carbs. Everything. Well, they're also, they got different genetics though too, right? Like. But it was explained that the way that their carbs are put together. Oh, this is not going to be for good. We're both Googling it. This is not going to make for good podcast. Oh, healthiest. These are the world's world. healthiest nations. Bloomberg News. Iceland, Japan, and Switzerland round out the top five. U.S. is thirty fifth. <laughs> not surprising to me at oh, all. God, Japan is number one. Wow, Jap- and being in Japan is like holy crap. Yeah, but most of the food they ate was fresh caught fish. Oh, yeah. I have Japan at fourth. Spain, Italy, Iceland, Japan, Switzerland, Sweden. Which one of those would be the easiest for us to take over? I got Japan, Korea, Norway, and Switzerland. Well, so so Japan and Switzerland are the only two that are combined between our... Either way, I want to figure out which one would be the easiest to take over. I want to get a group of us. We move there. We take it over. Japan, it's Run their government. We probably shouldn't take over to Japan. I feel like there's no way we would actually last in Japan with that whole, like, Kaizen attitude. Like, we're just not going to pick that up. It would just it's not gonna it's not gonna work for Americans. Even us, it's not it's just not gonna happen. The whole Jiro goal, dreams the of whole sushi goal is to get everybody healthy, right? Jiro dreams of sushi. Dude literally makes sushi for 50 years to perfect it. It's just it's just not the it's not gonna that we can't breed that into Americans. Sorry. Okay, the whole point of taking over Switzerland that is not Switzerland. to bring our habits over. Yeah, you're it's right. To change the you're habits, right. right? I've <laughs> Switzerland, are we going to have a lot of uh, hot chocolate or what? What? And tall, gorgeous blondes? There's a blonde common theme here in this podcast. I don't know why. A thing about blondes or something. I don't know. Right you said Switzerland what? and Danny Spiegel. We're good. Um, positive self-talk. We talked about that. Own your fears. There is, there is not much stronger in building self-confidence than looking your fear in the fucking face and walking through the door and saying, here I am, whatever that fear is, whether it's heights or public speaking or fucking spiders or whatever it is, whatever those fears are just owning them. There is, there isn't much else you can do stronger than that. Yeah. And and teach your kids that, I mean, that's what my son and I talk a lot about is, you know, you got to do stuff. If, If you're scared of it, scared of the unknown, you know, figure out a way to, to face it, to do it. If you're scared of heights, like I was, you just got to put yourself in the position to, you know, take those deep breaths and, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. No, right? And like being, I guess, rational, you know, like a lot of fears of heights is totally irrational. Like you're inside a building. Yeah. You know, like you're inside a fucking building. What's going to happen? I mean, I, you're, yeah. you're on a fucking ladder dangling from one foot trying to hang Christmas lights. 
that's that's rational that's legitimately irrational fear right like we've all seen christmas vacation the indoor rock climbing i think is the best way to do it i mean you can get 35 feet up high you're in a building there's all safety mechanisms but kind of get that feel for you know you're hanging on and you're in control of you know whether you're falling you probably shouldn't do that till we heal your elbow just saying i think that covers self-confidence um living with purpose right like and not just living with purpose but knowing your purpose and aligning your energy aligning your hours of your day with your purpose are you one of those people that just has like a new thing you're working on and i'm guilty of this one like my entire life and i'm and i've i'm working on getting better at it i'm working on keeping my pursuits in line but like i was always one of those people that like i would have a new thing that i was building and i would build it to a point that it was functional and then my interest would kind of wane you know like whatever it was whatever that thing was like i would build it to where it worked it wasn't perfect it wasn't great but it worked and then I kind of be like, interest is leaning thing. over to the next thing, you know? Um, so I'm working on improving that, but like living with that purpose, living with those, those goals and those, those that drive towards whatever your purpose is. And I think most people, if they put their fucking phone down and they close their curtains and they sat for 10 minutes in a fucking dark room would absolutely know what their purpose is. Yeah. I think the practice starts in the little things. It's um so when I talk to people and teach them about self-awareness or the self-awareness on the safety situation, the number one rule is called move with intent. So if if you're not sure about doing it on a large scale about your personal goals, hey guess what? Try to do it in the the small little movements that you do. Kind of look at yourself when you leave a, a store. Do you move with intent or are you this person that, guess what? I got this, you know, electronic brick in my hand and I'm staring at that as I'm walking or in your free time or quote free time. What do you do? Do you just plop down on the couch and grab this electronic brick and start scrolling? Because if if your little movements don't have intent, well, how do you, you know, multiply that into your larger life goals? What do you do? because everything is fractal right everything all big big movements and big goals are really broken down to a group of small movements and small goals yeah right like even let's take you know let's take physical fitness as a as a uh or physical health as as an example right like i want to get healthy what is that it's a bunch of little movements oh yeah it's a bunch of little actions it's a bunch of little goals it is the little things that you eat. It is not having the bad things. It is moving your body more. It is getting more water. It is figuring out if you're low on any nutrients. It is like all these little tiny things. So like what you're saying, it makes perfect sense because if we focus on the little things, the big things will make themselves. Yeah. It's just, we've talked about it before too. It's what I tell the kids when coaches, like if you, if you get really, really good at the little things, you're going to be great at the big things. But you need to be good at those little things because there's so many kids and even adults with that kid mentality that think that it's like, well, but I want to be like this. I want to be rich. I want to be driving the the awesome car. Or in the kids version is I had a lot of kids I talked this year like, well, 
I want to play quarterback. Well, I want to play wide receiver. I'm like, okay, are you doing anything to get there? So at the end of the season, I'm like, well, guess what? You're going to have to change your diet because given the rules with little kids, you can't be 115 plus pounds and play quarterback. You're going to be on the line. So what are you doing on your off season to shine in the big season? You know, and that's what I told my son is, what are you doing in the off season? And for adults is like, what are you doing that nobody is seeing? What are you, what are you doing at home? Are you reading something? Are you working on something? You have goals. You have financial goals. You have uh, career goals. Are you working? You know, I'm working on a uh, nutrition and health certification right now because I'm looking at 10 years down the road when I'm old and healthy and retired, but I don't want to just do nothing and stare at people all the time in front yard. So what am I doing? This reminds me, and we have fucking, I've used this story 74 times on this podcast and we're only on episode 82. So everybody's going to be like, we heard this before, but it's the Kobe Bryant, right? It's the coach. It's the, it's the guy that was interviewing Kobe. And he tried to beat him to the to the practice arena and Kobe's already there and he's already sweating and he does 45 minutes or an hour of literal just like high school level drills to perfect the little foot placement and the little hand placement and the little jump shot and the pass. And he's perfecting all these little skills. And after the after during the interview, the guy goes, you are the literal best basketball player in the game. Why are you spending so much time on the little skills? And he's like. That is why I am the best basketball player in the game. Like you yeah. fucking completely missed it, dude. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. So how, how, what, the what on living on purpose? It means doing what truly matters to you and in alignment with your values and beliefs and values and beliefs comes down to the, the last one that we're going to cover at, in a few minutes is living with integrity. Do you have values and morals? First, let's figure those out and then let's live in line with those. The inside, there's only one be who you were born to be. Like you're the only you. You have a gift to give the world. Like what is your gift that that you owe the world? There's something inside you. For us, me especially, like I feel like this right here doing what we're doing here on a much bigger scale, you know, hundreds of hitting hundreds of thousands of people like this is this is our gift. This is my gift. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to just be a little glimmer of of improvement in everybody's day and just kind of that weekly reminder of like you can do better. Right. It's only for you. Spend your time wisely. Make sure your goals are in line with your purpose and then an action plan and step by step and schedules. Right. So not only do we have a goal or many, many little goals, but we have an action plan to achieve those goals. Not, I want to do this. It's to do this. I am going to do, start doing this tomorrow morning. Yeah. And scheduling, because if you're not scheduling your time, I, if you guys haven't read the war of art by Steven Pressfield, basically he talks about like, he is an employee. He's an artist, but he is an employee and he sits down for so many hours a day and just creates his art. And sometimes it's total shit. But every once in a while, you get that glimmer, that that beautiful piece of art that came out of nowhere, that paragraph or that sentence or that page or that book that just like you have no idea where it came from. But without writing those 70,000 words of shit before you started that, you never would have got to that. Yeah. So be a fucking grown up and schedule your time, because if you don't schedule your time, you're going to find a way to blow it. 
yeah, for you guys that are struggling with anything out there, and I know this from some people I talk to that have uh, that just can't get into the diet game and get their you know health right. Um, what we use in business, and especially business that that I'm in, is called PDCA, is Plan, Do, Check, and Act. And I know you joked about the Japanese thing, so it is part of the uh, kaizen kaizen mentality. It's, it's plan, do, check, and act because there's a lot of people that just constantly talk about, well, I would like to be this, I would like to be that, I wish my life was like this. But guess what? They never set a plan out. So, and especially in the dieting game, you need to have a plan. This is your plan, and then the next step is you need to do that plan. But then, as you're doing that plan, you need to check can't be mindless because I I hate seeing this. It makes me sick every January, February, go to the gym. And a lot of people do come in with a plan and they start doing the plan. But what they they forget is CNA, which is check and act on it. So check means, okay, I need to be doing an audit on myself as to, okay, am I making any changes? How's the quality of what I'm doing? Am I just mindlessly sitting on this machine and doing 20 reps? Or is the weight and the resistance correct? Is my form correct? Am I asking people to audit me also? You check that, you correct it, and then you act upon that correction, which flows you back into your new plan, PDCA, over and over and over again. And you're going to start seeing results. So, you know, please, you know, have a plan if you, if you got a vision. Yeah, and that's perfect. I think that is that right there should be like the little blurb of every one of these things that comes out of this podcast is that PDCA, like how to implement all these things, plan, do, check, act. Yeah. Make sure you checked and act. Caring is a big personality trait or a big attitude trait towards excellence. Caring develops empathy. Recent studies show that caring for others is beneficial to our well-being, well-being, reduces stress, increases happiness, and increases sense of social connectedness. Because I don't care who you are, you are not going to achieve excellence by yourself. It's just not going to fucking happen. That's the, that's the surrounding yourself with the five closest people, that surrounding yourself with good people. Like You need people that inspire you. You need people that push you. You need people to bounce ideas off of. You need people that are literally just improving your overall mental state and your overall mental well-being. Empathy is important because it helps us understand how others are feeling so we can respond appropriately to the situation. Have you ever done that? Responded completely inappropriately to a situation and you didn't read the situation right and then you step back and go, oh, that was not what I should have said at that point in time. You're a little bit more reserved, so you probably haven't. (laughs) I'm a fucking asshole sometimes, oh. and I don't mean it in a bad way. I mean that sometimes I just react, and I don't necessarily react in the right way. Okay, I'm, I'm more subtle. Much more subtle. When you bring it up, the only probably, I guess, stupid thing that I do sometimes is, and I'll admit it right here in the podcast, is you know the uh, um, these electronic signatures they ask you for? The yeah. sign. Oh, you, yeah. yeah. Some stores you go into, uh-huh. and it's got this stupid thing. I'm like, I'm never going to sign my name with my finger. Uh-huh. So I subtly and offensively will draw a dick and balls. <laughs> See if anybody catches it. Has anybody ever caught it? Nobody's ever caught it. Damn it. So, you know, it kind of looks like, you know, a oh, singer. Sure. Like, okay, I, I'm sure somebody's going to catch on. 
I'm sorry if this is like completely off the cuff, but it's like, you know, I love it. I love it. See, 82 episodes in and we're still learning stuff about Martin. <laughs> if somebody was like, who's the one person in your life that would draw dick and balls on an electronic signature? You would be the last one I would guess. I, so, I know. so I admit you're this, dynamic, this podcast. You're a dynamic individual, Martin. Dark humor. I love it. Be respectful. Respectful is politeness, honor, and care shown towards someone or something that is considered important. I almost even remove that considered important. You can be polite and honor and care towards anyone. Does not necessarily need to be only someone that's important in your life. Respect is a weird thing because respect is being respectful is totally different than having respect. Having respect is, I would say, an earned trait right? Like you respect the people that have earned the respect in your eyes um, through actions, through attitude, through who they are as a person, right? But being respectful is literally just a, it's an attitude. It's an attitude towards all of the people around you and, and respecting them and who they are and, res- and just being polite, caring, and honor. Support, listen to people, like really listen, not just like wait for your turn to to react, but actually listen to what they're saying. Feel that empathy, right? We go back to the caring. Yeah. Um, be kind. Being respectful shows integrity and morals. Being respectful will build trust amongst people because, right, like what are relationships? Relationships are f- friendships. I can't even call them friendships. They're, they're connections between people with mutual respect that have been built generally through some sort of struggle, some sort of hardship, whether it's an emotional hardship, a physical hardship, whether it's literally just time spent doing small tasks together. Why do you think that so many people, their only friends are literally like people they went to school with and people they work with, right? Because it's, yeah. it's, it's this amount of time spent together, the amount of common interest, the amount of, of common connection, the amount of time that you do things together, you know? Like gym buddies, right? Gym buddies. Uh, proves your positivity and builds self-confidence. Oh, being respectful builds self-confidence. Self-confidence is also one of these things. This is, here's, here's the synergistic effects again. Uh, discipline and self-control. Ooh, doggy. The next attitude for excellence. Being disciplined. Persevering. Why? Being disciplined and persevering keeps you on track of your above purposes. It keeps you on all of these things, right? It, that is the, that is the last two letters in the check and act. That is where the discipline comes in. A lot of people have that initial discipline to implement something, but they don't have the discipline and perseverance to stick to said thing, right? Yeah. When developed, it helps you build confidence by continual accomplishment. So if you are constantly taking on a goal and then falling short and quitting, that is a really good way to not be self-confident because you are not going to be confident in your abilities versus if you have discipline, you stick to these things and follow them through, then you're going to be confident in your competence. And that is going to improve that because of your discipline, more synergistic effects here. Study shows people with discipline are happier because of their ability to accomplish goals that they care about. Discipline is pretty fucking important. Agreed? Yeah. Discipline over motivation. Discipline over motivation. Yes. You can be motivated 
and discipline. This is the weird thing that I don't agree with all of these fucking internet people that are like, gotta have discipline, not motivation. Motherfucker, motivation gets a lot of shit done in my life. And then the discipline comes in when the motivation wanes, right? Yeah. Like these two things work together synergistically. Like we talked about earlier. You gotta have both. Yep. Synergy. And then the last one on my list, which there's probably a hundred more, but the last one that I have is living with integrity. What is integrity? You ask integrity is a steadfast adherence to a strict moral or ethical code. You think anybody even knows what ethical means anymore? It's getting pretty gray, right? It's a weird thing because it's like, well, I have my idea of ethical. Well, there is kind of an overall human idea of ethics, like whether it comes from a tribal past, <laughs> like thou shalt not murder. Yes, thou shalt not probably, murder. I think most people agree with thou that. Thou shalt not murder. Why wouldn't you want to murder? Well, because if you murder, then that is going to create so many problems in your tribe that you're probably going to get murdered yourself. Yeah. But murder, right, is this weird thing because throughout history, tribes would kind of, uh, they had these, they had these, uh, these young men that were responsible for kind of taking out the slow and weak ones. Talking about Sparta here? No, this is well documented in, in a lot of tribes when, when an elderly person got to a point where they're, they're weighing down the group too much. No oh, euthanasia. They would kind of be a euthanasia type deal. They would most have mostly happen with rocks, I think. Um, yeah, pretty common. Stone them to death. Stone yeah, your it's just a one, one big stone. I think it was probably happened pretty quickly. Um, in China, a lot of the elderly folks will just wander out into the woods because they don't want to be a burden on their family. So when they're no longer able to kind of help and, um, they're taking more away than they're giving in value to the family. Yeah. They're kind of just wander off. Well, um, what are ethics? Ethics is the science of right conduct and moral obligation. Basically, this is that story that we go back to of the light wolf versus the dark wolf and the grandfather telling the grandson, right? Like I have the, I have these two wolves inside of me, the light wolf and the dark wolf. And, they're always battling back and forth. And I've had deep conversations this week with my wife about that kind of that line between good and evil that kind of goes through everyone's soul and and how like you can't have two truths at the same time. And the the, the real moral truth is going to depend on which one, you know, you you feed. And that's what the when the when the grandson says to the grandfather, which wolf wins when they're battling? And he and he replies with the one that you feed the most. Right. And that's where these this being ethical and living with integrity, if you are constantly feeding that light wolf and constantly acting ethically and acting to your moral standards, then you're, you're basically slowly growing and slowly improving and slowly developing as an ethical and moral person. And then as you slowly develop and grow as an ethical person, people start to trust you more. They know that you're a man of your word or a woman of your word. They know that they can tell you something in secrecy and you're not going to tell someone else. They know that they can trust. If you say, Hey, I'll be there to help. You're going to fucking be there to help. They're never going to question. Oh, is this person going to back out? Yeah. Right. Cause how many people do that? Oh yeah, I'll be there. Excuse oh, yeah. me. That was nasty. Sorry. Apologize audience. Um, oh yeah, I'll be there. And then you, it's just, oh, it's the person, you, it's the person, you know, <laughs> right. It's the person yeah. that, you know, is going to text you if something came up. Yeah. You just know it, you know, when they say they're going to be there, even like, right. Like fun stuff. 
we're all, you know, we're getting a group of people together and we're going to go tubing. Fucking something's going to come up and John's not going to make it. He said he's going to, but he's not. Yeah, that's true. You know, like that's not even hard. That's not moving day. I've helped a lot of people move. It sucks. But then all of a sudden you become the friend that helps people move. Right. And sometimes they pay you back. Sometimes they, they are not (laughs) available when you need them, but whatever. Um, Integrity is this weird one where we kind of focus on it. it, It's all really positive, but the fucking negatives that come when you live without integrity are more drastic than the positives that come when you live with integrity. Oh yeah. So is it unethical drawing dick and balls? I don't think so. Public uh, signature units? No, because who is that actually going to hurt? I don't know. It just cracks me up. Yeah, that's so the the positivity that you're putting in the world is way more is way way outweighs any negativity you're putting in the world. Right. I don't feel so bad now. Thanks. No. Yeah. I mean, how could that? Yeah, we're not even going to dig into like where that could go, like how it could be negative, like. You drew too big of a dick and the guy that sees it's like super self-conscious. And then all this is what mentally was going through my head is like, why do I keep signing my name? Because it never looks that way. Yeah. So I'm going to make something fun out of it. Yeah. And you you brought positivity into the world. Yeah. Joy. Joy by dick and balls. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's not the first time that dick and balls have brought joy into the world. Zinger. (laughs) Living with a lack of integrity generally causes feelings of here it comes. Resentment. Anger. Betrayal, anxiety, depression, sadness, grief, jealousy, envy, hatred, stagnation, feelings of being unfulfilled, and living in fear. Dang, man. Dude, I've said stuff. I've said stuff or done stuff, right? Like, I'm a fucking, I'm a a damaged individual just like everybody else. And and I've said stuff or done things where it, it fucking affects my mentality. It does. It negatively affects my mentality. Like I feel physically and mentally worse because of something that I did. But you learn and you grow and you improve and you realize that you have to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you've made if you're not going to make them again. Yeah, it's it's sad though. I mean, I know some people that like literally just will sit in resentment, anger, betrayal, anxiety. Depression, sadness, grief, and let everybody know. Envy, hatred, being unfulfilled. They'll just stew in that. And I think sometimes it gets addicting when they're in there that they just want to keep feeding that. Well, that's 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 the 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 what do they call that? You know, being feeling sorry for yourself, right? Like that's powerful, man. If you have an excuse, if you can make an excuse of why you're not accomplishing, yeah, why you're not doing something, why you're not improving. Fuck, that's making an excuse is a lot easier than actually changing. Yeah, that's true. That is true, man. You know, so the universal traits kind of between all these, right? So let's like hit them again. So it's like it's the, it's the positivity, right? The positivity, increasing the amount of people around you that are positive impacts, being positive yourself, realizing your negative self-talk and replacing it. Okay. And then we've got confidence, being competent, growing, improving. Surrounding yourself with positive people, taking care of your meat wagon, owning your fears, right? The confidence comes from competence. We've got living with purpose, working towards a goal, living to your true self, being true to who you are and giving your gift to the world because you're the only person that that can be you. You're the only motherfucker that can go out and accomplish the shit that you are designed to accomplish. Nobody else can do that for you. 
caring for people, all people around you, man. Like there's, there's a lot of people that need a lot of caring in this world and caring for someone. Um, it doesn't mean appeasing them. It doesn't mean, um, kowtowing to them or going down to their level and, and telling them that it's okay to be a fuck up. Right. Because, but it also doesn't mean being a dick to them because they come from a shitty background and they don't understand. Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, helping them it's improving it is inspiring them to be better it is telling them that it's okay for what they've done in their past and and really it only matters what we're going to do tomorrow and that's that's caring being respectful polite honoring people listening to them supporting them being kind showing integrity building trust and then it's self-discipline self-control it's doing what you say you're going to do and accomplishing what you're meant to accomplish and sticking to the things, especially when they get hard. That's when it's super important. And then integrity, you know, living to an ethical code, living to immoral guidelines, feeding that light wolf over and over and over until all of a sudden the dark wolf doesn't hardly have any power over you anymore. The universal truths to improve all of these traits are not limited to, but include picking the right people, the right media, the right movies, the right music, the right mentors, the right social media, the right books, the right podcasts, the right YouTube videos, picking all these correct inputs because of that garbage in, garbage out. If you can put good in, you will get good out. It will improve you because all of a sudden your baseline, your what you compare yourself to, your idea of who you are will slowly start to improve. Meditate. Meditating creates this, creates this awareness of, of the self-talk, right? We all have the self-talk. We know it. Like I said, try to, try to keep your brain empty for, for more than 10 seconds. It's fucking impossible. You try to think of that solid white box, and then all of a sudden you start talking to yourself. You start thinking. You start doing these things. Meditation creates that awareness of that self-talk. And when you can create the awareness of that self-talk, you can improve that self-talk. And consistently improving that self-talk over time will improve all of these traits. I think that that basically has my gist of all of these things. Um, the one I didn't get to that I have written down is that whole internal race and sex bias experiment that we talk about from the Carol Dweck book, right? Oh, yeah. um, I'll hit that really quick, but you guys, have, you guys have all pretty much heard it. If you haven't, go back to one of the two mindset podcasts and you can hear it again. Otherwise, go straight to Carol Dweck's book on mindset. But um, researchers took groups of people and they separated them out to uh, groups of minorities separated by sexes, all these different things. And then they had these groups. So you'd have a group of women and then a group of women that are that are primed and the group of women that are primed. They both they all get the same test. But the group of women that are primed were primed with some sort of a simple statement like, for example, um, here's a 20 question mathematical test. Women generally don't perform as well as men, but do your best. Simple priming statement like that. And the other group of women would not have a priming statement like that. And they would outperform the group of women that, that did have the priming statement or similar things with races. You know, uh, generally African-Americans don't perform as well on this test, but do your best versus just a complete group of people that um, are not primed and perform outperform. The, the outlier here and the reason that I put this on here is the people with the growth mindset showed zero differentiation between primed or unprimed. They all performed equally on a, you know, statistically equally. So if you have a growth mindset, if you have a positive attitude, 
if you have an attitude for excellence, these internal biases generally seems, as far as science is concerned, do not have power over you the way they do if you have a fixed mindset. I'm not sure Asian. I mean, I was going to talk about you and your I'm 50. Look at me. I don't look 50 like that is totally speaking from third base because you're fucking Asian and it doesn't even count. But then you talked about other people at the gym who assumably aren't all Asian because there's only like three of you there. And uh, so they also that they also don't look as old as as the overweight smoking, drinking party animals. So. I guess I give you a pass on that one. You were born on third base, but you don't necessarily. You're not the only one. There's hope for you white folks. There is hope for us white folks. We got great credit. But yeah, there's a lot of great, great folks in shape. 75-year-old, great shape, 65, and a lot of dudes at the gym. So let that be a lesson. And also, um, to fucking totally off topic, but. The nun study, man, if you're always improving your brain, if you're always creating new neural networks, um, I don't even know which podcast I talked about this in, but I know I've talked about it. Um, Nuns whose brains were dissected and had the same amount of arthrosclerotic plaques that generally cause Alzheimer's showed zero. um, Jesus, my phone's ringing showed zero effects of Alzheimer's because they were creating all of these new neural networks. So. Remember that. Always grow your brain. Always learn new things. Always consume new media. In your nun studies. Just me and my studies, bro. That's science. I know. It just reminds me of a joke. Uh, I, <laughs> I heard it's completely inappropriate. Two nuns walk in a bar. No. How do you get a nun pregnant? Ooh, how? You fuck her. Oh, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Sorry. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to wrap up. All right. Adios, amigos. (laughs) 